Badassers, and welcome to the Badass in Business show, the show where we help you with your inner game and your outer game, teaching you how to own your inner badass and share strategies with you to badass your business. In other words, we're going to help you get badassified. And I'm super excited today because we have Chris Miles on the show. And I've known Chris for a number of years. I met him through local networking, and he's someone I admire greatly for what he has accomplished and how he helps his clients and shares his wisdom with others. Chris Miles, the cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor, is a leading authority teaching entrepreneurs and professionals how to quickly free up and create cash flow today, spending time doing what they love most. He's an author and podcast host of the Chris Miles Money Show, and he's been featured in U.S. News, CNN Money, and EO Fire. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, Annette. Pleasure to be on. Well, we're excited to have you. So I know I just gave just a little brief blip about who you are, but tell us a little more about you, your life, your business, what you're passionate about. Yeah, you know, I, I've, you know, one thing that's definitely helps me stand out a little bit is, is I've got eight kids, you know, six of my own plus two in a, you know, combined in the marriage like a Brady Bunch type thing from, you know, myself being married just recently about a year and a half ago. So eight kids total, um, live here in Utah most of the year. The other other months of the year, usually the winter months, we go and stay somewhere warmer, you know, just to enjoy life. And, and uh, I mean, my life probably, if you look at it from day to day, is mostly. Uh, deal with family <laughs> and chores around the house and honey do lists, and then the other time, maybe ten or twenty hours a week, I end up working in my business and uh, and doing what I do with money ripples and helping people create financial freedom and get out of the rat race. You know, I love that get out of the rat race because that's just something that is such a common phrase, and everybody's like, oh, I just love to get out of the rat race, and here you are <laughs> teaching people how to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. So I love it. Yeah, so you had a big aha moment when you realized that cash flow, not savings, is what created financial freedom. What was that big aha moment? Tell us about that. Yeah, so in, in early 2006, like I was starting to have major mental shifts, right, in, in the way I saw money. And, uh, you know, I, I started to learn from guys that were millionaires because the previous four years I worked as a financial advisor. So I was doing the traditional stuff. I was basically doing the opposite of what I teach people to do today. So it was always about spend nothing, save everything, sacrifice, suffer, just suck your entire life away, right? Just, you know, doing the same thing you've always been told to do, which is stash money away for some future date, hopefully a retirement type date, and then you might live off the interest, right? Or live on less than the interest is what they really teach. And and so my whole goal up to then was save $2 million. Because if I could save $2 million, live on 3% a year, that's 60000 a year. So, yay, I'm middle class as a millionaire. <laughs> and that was kind of my goal. And my goal was to do that by the time I was 40. And in 2006, I started to realize that it wasn't about that. It was about cash flow. And, and it really hit me hard because um, I had a friend, you know, one of those millionaires, he's saying, hey, do you like doing mortgages? Because at that time, I quit being a financial advisor. I realized it didn't work. People weren't retiring. They weren't creating the freedom that they were always taught they would get by saving to, you know, crappy 401ks and IRAs and stuff like that. And uh, and so, you know, I, after I quit, I didn't know what to do. I just I told them I guess I'll teach ballroom dancing and I'll do mortgages. 
<laughs> and so I did. In the spring of 2006, that's what I was doing. And then he gave me this really cool idea. He said, Chris, do you like doing mortgages? I said, well, not really. I mean, I mean, like, I love teaching people and, and getting them the results, but I don't like dealing with paperwork. I don't like dealing with all the application and underwriting process. That's not my favorite part. And he said, well, Chris, why don't you refer to a guy that does? And I thought, well, that's interesting. Okay, I can do that. And and uh, so I did. And uh, and I made an agreement with the guy. He's like, yeah, just make an agreement to split the commissions. And so I made an agreement with him. I said, hey, if I send you people that are ready to go, they just I just need you to do the application stuff. I do all the, you know, finding them, warming them up, basically getting to the point where they want to want to do a mortgage. Would you do the rest? And would you pay me 50%? And of course, you know, being the mortgage license, the guy's like, well, of course. Yeah, I'll do that. And so I did. I talked to people for maybe like a half hour or so and uh, tell them like creative things they can do with their mortgage. And they're like, great, where do we go? I'm like, let's go talk to this guy. And I'd refer them out, you know. So I basically was just doing a simple referral system or like people would say nowadays, affiliate marketing, right? But it was very organic. It was just, you know, one-to-one type basis when people had a situation. And so I'd refer it to this guy. And then the next thing I know, a month or so later, I get this check for like 1000 or 1500 bucks. And I thought, this is really cool. A half hour or an hour's worth of work for $1,000 plus? I like that. <laughs> and so I started yeah. doing that, but I started creating connections with other people too. Like, you know, even some random businesses like jewelers, you know, like wholesale jewelers where I'd, I bought my wedding ring from and engagement rings and stuff. I thought, hey, this place is a good deal. People need to know about this. And they would have a 5% referral fee. And so I started doing that. And then I started like doing investments and things like that. And the next thing I knew by June of 2006, so really like, well, really by yeah, June I realized it, but then I realized that probably by July I was fine. Is by June or July of 2006, I was actually able to not have to work at all. I had enough streams of income coming in just from those few referral sources that I did. I only had to work a few hours a week, and that blew my mind because I at that point I only had a few thousand dollars in the checking account. It wasn't like I had a lot of money saved up. So instead of having two million dollars, I had more like two thousand dollars. <laughs> And uh, and about four or five thousand dollars a month coming in in these income streams that didn't require me to be actively working really hard, and that blew my mind because I thought, wow, like it's not about how much you save up; it's about what kind of cash flow it ultimately creates for you. I mean, that's why people are supposed to be saving in the first place is so they have some sort of cash flow. What if you could be more productive and create more cash flow than that? You know, and that's what happened with me, and it blew my mind. Wow, that blows my mind too. That's crazy. I I love that whole concept of just, you know, creating those affiliates and I know I've done that in my business as well, but you did that on a whole nother level. That's awesome. <laughs> so, it was almost by accident. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really fun part about it. And so you went from working overtime hours to working part time with overtime pay. How how did that all come about? Can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah. So, I mean, so it's interesting. So 2006 is when I was able to retire, right? I was only 28 years old. Was I, I was then asked myself what I want to be when I grow up. And so in 2007, I came out of retirement to basically teach people how to get out of the rat race, right? And and I did that. And, and it's funny because I, I aligned with a bunch of other guys that were doing the same thing. They were kind of in the same position as I was. We We didn't really need the money because we were doing well. Um, but you know, the recession hit right in 2007, 2008, 2009. And, uh, and next thing I know I went from millionaire to upside down millionaire. 
And, uh, wow. you know, I went from a place where I was, you know, I was like a million dollars in debt and about $16,000 short every month. I was in the hole $16,000 a month and uh, had to figure out how to dig out of it. And I, I was fortunate that I skipped the whole bankruptcy thing, even though looking back, that would have definitely been an easier path. It would have been much easier to come back from. Um, but I was like, nope, I'm going to pay back everybody. I'm going to make sure this happens. And and so uh, I had to create with no money and no credit. And and, and it really got me to realize, because I realized one of the, big, the biggest mistakes I made before the recession is I stopped, I, I stopped focusing on those income streams. The very thing that got me to retire, I stopped focusing on it. It's like, you know what? I'm making great money. Yeah, sure, I'm making money in these different streams, but, you know, this is my mission now. This is my passion, so I'm going to put all my focus here. I took my focus off my income streams. And so when I was starting to rebuild again, I realized, okay, I need to start building up income streams once again. Like, I need multiple streams of income. And and so and this, and this kind of deals with, you know, something that, you know, in 2015, I went through a divorce. And that was a big wake-up call for me because – I had spent so much time, you know, I was trying to build these income streams, but I was still working overtime. I was still working easily 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week. And, and yeah, sure, I was making six figures, but, you know, at what cost? You know, and, and of course, obviously, I was going through divorce, so that wasn't great. I mean, definitely uh, working a lot of hours did not help. And eventually, because of the emotional aspects and how hard it is, for those of you who have gone through a divorce, you know what this is like. I stopped. I couldn't function. I, I was only working maybe five hours a week. You know, I was just managing the clients I had. I didn't. I wasn't even really taking on new clients, even though I had plenty of time. And I would tell people, "Oh no, no, I got more than enough. You know, I got plenty of bandwidth to do this." But emotionally, I didn't have bandwidth. I didn't have the energy, right, to do that. And so I noticed my my numbers did drop. You know, my income dropped, of course, but it, my business didn't stop. It was still going. I still had clients. I still had stuff going on. Money was still kind of coming in, even though it was coming in at a, at a, a small, a lesser speed than I'm used to, right? And it blew my mind because I thought, hey, the income didn't drop by a, a t- by 90% like my time and my hours did. You know, I dropped my hours by 90%, but my income didn't drop by 90%. And, and it got me to rethink. I was like, what am I really doing? Like, what's really productive, right? And so I started cutting out, trimming the fat. So I stopped going to as many networking events. You know, that's why you and the net, like, like you and me, like it's pretty rare we would bump into each other. It's like, hey, cool, because that was like the first networking event I've been to in months. <laughs> you know? Right, right. <laughs> and uh, and so I started cutting things out. I started, I stopped speaking as much. I stopped a lot of my live speaking. I only said yes to the, the opportunities I thought were the exact right ones because they were the right people I was talking to. And you know, I started cutting that out. I, I focused more on my podcast. You know, when I was just doing the Chris Miles Money Show, even though it was only one show a week, I focused more on that and, and doing a few interviews. And even some, certain interviews I said no to. I was like, nope, sorry. Like, I just if I didn't feel it or I didn't feel like, you know, I felt like maybe it was one of those shows like it, they don't have a following. It's like, well, why waste my breath? <laughs> you know, like, let's wait for them to start having a following. Then I'll get on their show. Like, And so I, start, I started trimming all the fat. I even, I mean, even my VA, you know, she, she even – ended up quitting because she's like, hey, you're only giving me like four or five hours of work a week anyways, um, and I have this passion. And so she wanted to start her own business, so my VA, you know, ended up going her own way, and I just never rehired one. And it was amazing when I started to get rid of all the busy work, all the busy stuff that I thought I needed to do for my business, and all this aggressive marketing and things like that. I just relaxed, 
it was amazing that my business actually doubled and then tripled and quadrupled. And, uh, and, and that's, and that's kind of how I started going to 10 to 20 hours a week because I realized like I didn't have to work 50 hours a week. Like I thought I didn't feel guilty. Like, you know, you have guys like Gary Vaynerchuk and, and Grant Cardone telling you to 10 exit and you got to work a hundred plus hours a week because you got to hustle, right? Like that kind of stuff, that was damaging. In fact, that probably hurt me more than helped me. You know, when I started, stopped feeling guilty, I said, you know, I'm going to work when I'm going to work. And then when I'm done, I'm done. And when I did that, oh, my gosh, I can't tell you how liberating it was. And the next thing you know, my income starts drastically increasing because I focus on what worked versus just trying to be busy and trying to justify, you know, why I'm working so hard. And so I kept working hard to justify working harder, right? <laughs> It was a vicious cycle. It became a habit. It wasn't necessary. It was just a habit. A habit and kind of working off what, uh, you know, other experts were saying. I remember listening to one of your podcasts about, you know, why hustle is uh, not such a great thing. I can't remember the exact title of the podcast. I was like, you mm-hmm. know, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah. Hustle is a lie. I think that's what I named it, right? On that, on that podcast, yeah, that it, it is familiar. Yeah, hustle is just the new the the new 21st century version of saying work harder, but not work smarter. And, and they'll say, yeah, you should work smarter, but the truth is, is that it's it's really about how many like it's almost people brag about how many hours they work that week, like how much they love their business and how much they you know they they're so passionate about it that they can't stop working because it's a mission they're on and they're gonna post all over social media and tell you just how hard they're working and how amazing their life is and how awesome it is that that you know they're that they're making a difference to people's lives and and I'm not doubting that they aren't making a difference uh, but I'll tell you I've I've talked to these same entrepreneurs you know in the back scenes and and almost all of them are saying dang it like I wish I had more freedom I wish I had the lifestyle you have Chris <laughs> and uh and it's not that they can't it's not that you can't have that lifestyle it's just because they don't believe it's possible to make great money and still make an impact in the world and still work the hours you want to work, you know. And I, and I know there's some people that just love it. And the, unfortunately, that they're the people that are out there telling you, hey, I love working 100 plus hours. I don't. I love not sleeping. I love that I'm going to die in 10 years, which is really what they should be saying, right? Um, <laughs> you know, they're going to have a, adrenal – they already have adrenal fatigue and they're already burning out. And their body's just going to catch up here pretty sooner or later. Pretty soon these guys will be legends because then they won't be they'll be uh, people of the past, right? Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I mean that's that's the thing is like you know people are silently struggling. You know they are like they're just they don't know how to stop working, and, and it's not that you stop cold turkey because that's what usually happens. People go from like work too hard to also not work at all, and then they feel cr- guilty or they feel like also the numbers drop, so they have to go back and work hard again and work not at all. They go these massive extremes. But you could just say, hey, listen, like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna design the life I want right now. I'm gonna decide how many hours are good for me. Uh, by the way, I work 10 to 20 hours a week um, because I want to. Because when I was down around five hours a week, which I did even last year when I was able to retire again with all the income streams I had, because this time my income streams are you know over five figures every month, right? But um, but this time around, like I realized when I was at five hours a week, I lost fire, I lost passion in life. And so I found that happy medium for me personally, and this is different for everybody, but for me, when I hit about 10 to 20 hours a week, I'm still very relaxed. I don't feel like I'm working a lot, but I still feel like I have passion. Like I feel like I have a mission still, like I'm I'm making a difference. And so 
So for me, that's my magic numbers, staying right around, you know, trying to stay under 20 hours a week. Occasionally, I've gone to 30, and I've had, and those weeks are great because those can create six-figure months. But, um, you know, I prefer to stay, you know, around 10 to 20 hours a week typically. Well, and I love that because most entrepreneurs, most people go into business for the lifestyle freedom that they think it's going to provide but <laughs> yeah. unless they learn how to bring in those multiple streams of income unless they learn how to, uh, you know, create the kind of business where they're working smarter instead of working harder, it just ends up being a job. Yeah, it really does. It's a, that's, that's one of the biggest problems I see happening right now is that people are just, I mean, they're just driving themselves silly. And you, you go into business because you want that control and freedom, and at least that's what I did. I went, I went in because I wanted to determine my own pay. I wanted to determine my own hours and my own life. And what many people realize that instead of owning a business, the business owns them, and and they end up just owning a job, and and that's that to me is not freedom, <laughs> where you feel like you're being, you know, enslaved by your business, and that's much more a mental game than it is a you know a technical strategic game or a scheduling game. It, it really is about your mindset and and uh, and how essentially how you feel about work, your work. Yeah, that's a great perspective on that. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, we all have challenges in our business, and sometimes we get wake-up calls um, that maybe things aren't flowing the right way and we need to do something differently. So what's been a recent obstacle that you've had to overcome that was a wake-up call to do your business differently? Yeah, it was that divorce. I mean, definitely going through that divorce was what got me to question everything, and almost dismantle my business. And uh, and I think that was the beauty of it because when I had to look at my business and say, you know, if I were to start over, what would it look like, right? Like, because sometimes you do get in the habit, especially if you've been in business a while, you get into a habit of what you think your days and your business should look like. And, and when I started to say, you know, what what do I choose to do? Like, what what actually gives me energy? What fires me up? What makes me happy? And when I started to look at that, and instead of instead of battling the whole Am I doing enough? I mean, that's that's been my struggle with with overworking. Was am I doing enough? Is this enough? Right? It was always about is it enough? You know, am I delivering enough value? I mean, even with my clients, it would spill over. I would over deliver on value to the point where, like, they're almost like, okay, you just slammed a binky in my mouth. Thank you. Uh, I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they didn't they didn't need that. You know, like, uh, and I still deliver great value, but when I it's funny how I deliver better value when I stop worrying about delivering value. <laughs> and I just be, you know, I just I just be in that place where I am a value creator. And it's you know, I don't stress about well, am I creating enough value? Am I working hard enough? Am I doing enough? You know, and especially with my previous marriage, I mean I was always asking that because she was asking me that same question. You know, she was always wondering like, okay, well when are you gonna do this? Like when are we gonna have that you know, that freedom? You know, when are you gonna stop working so hard? You know, or when are you gonna you know, can you make hours to where you'll be done for dinner by five or six every night? I'm like, I can't do that. Like, that's not how business works. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff, right? So I had to like really – it took me breaking down to break down my business too. And, and hopefully you never have to get in that place where that happens. But for me, that was a wake-up call of, you know what, like I need to do it differently. You know, and when I realized that my business wouldn't wouldn't be destroyed even at five hours a week, I thought, well, maybe – Maybe I'm just been busy for no reason at all, you know, and uh, and that's where 
when I started focusing on, you know how people talk about the Pareto's principle, 80-20 rule? Right. Um, I, I started focusing on the, the Pareto's principle of the Pareto's principle. So I went for the 80-20 of the 80-20, <laughs> which is really the top 4%. <laughs> and so I started asking myself, like, who are my top 4% clients? Like, who are they? What do they do? What do they like? And, you know, and where do they congregate, so to speak, right? Like, where are they? And when I, when I started saying, like, man, like, I'm in this networking group, but these people aren't there. And I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking at this speaking engagement, but none of those people are there either. I'd be lucky if one of those people show up, you know? And, and I started to realize, like, I'm working my tail off. And I was doing events like crazy. I did six events in 2015. Even with the divorce going on, I was still doing events. You know, can you imagine just how much stress that was? Um, if you've ever put on an event before, you know. And, uh, and I, in fact, I had a business coach telling me to do 12 a year. She's like, do one every month because you got to fill that pipeline. And so 2016, I did it differently. I said, you know what? I'm not going to do 12, and I'm not even going to do, do the same six. I'm going to do half. I'm going to do three. And I remember that very first event. It was January of 2016. And it was funny because I, I, I kind of marketed it, but not really well because, again, I was just trying to come out of those emotions, right? And, uh, and I'm, but I remember, like, I, I didn't want to fill butts and seats anymore. I had spent so much time with events trying to fill butts and seats and reach out to people and all that kind of stuff. I just said, you know what? No more just filling seats just to make, make it look better, you know? So it's like, ooh, look, I can draw a crowd. I was like, you know, I'm going to put the people in seats that I want to have there. The people I actually want to teach, not the people I don't. And so I had five people at that January event show up. And one of them was actually more of a helper than in a guest. So really there's only four people and there were both couples. So it was really two couples showed up. But I remember like those were like the perfect couples and, and you know, as we started getting going about an hour into that, that event I said I turned around to them, I just kinda of paused that I said, Let me take a break here. I'm like, guys, here's my goal this weekend. It's like I'm just gonna deliver as much value as possible because I already know you guys are perfect for me. Like you are exactly the perfect clients for me. So I'm just gonna deliver as much value as possible and then we're gonna talk about how to work together. Does that sound good? And they're like, yeah, sounds great. And funny enough, both of those couples became clients. So I actually made more money at that event than I had when I shoved in 40 or 50 people into a room before. <laughs> um, wow. And what's even cooler is that not only did I make more money, but it cost me less to do that because it was a smaller group. I didn't have to pay as much in food and catering costs. I didn't have to, you know, I didn't worry about getting a nice, great hotel. I, I got a hotel where it's a, a decent sized room but it was small you know decent size enough so it wasn't super expensive I mean, it was one of my it was it was by far my most profitable event even compared to me doing retreats out in the mountains and stuff like i couldn't believe it. i was like dang why hadn't i done this before and, and now i only do two events a, a, a year i only do two a year and actually i don't even really advertise them like it's pretty much like an invite only where people have to reach out to me to even find out about them <laughs> and um and it's great. I love it. I even do it from my home. You know, I just, I do it right out of my own home. And, you know, now I pay myself instead of pay a hotel, you know, and I love that part. So um, it's awesome. Like uh, that's and that's kind of what happened. Like that was my wake up call. And, and, and it really blew my mind again. Like it was one of those just mind blowing moments of, wait, this could be different. In fact, this could look awesome. And and I, I seriously have friends and clients. I mean, people that are colleagues of mine that make great money and, and they tout up the money they make. But I'll tell you, I make way more than they do because I bring more money home. <laughs> and I think that's the key is, like, it's not about how much money your business makes. It's not about the revenue. 
about the profit. How much do you actually bring home that creates a life? And if you're, if you're saying like, hey, I'm making $800,000 a year or a million dollars a year, but you're barely you know, taking home a hundred, you might be like, dang, I got to keep working. I got to keep shutting. At this rate, if I want to make a couple hundred thousand a year, I got to make a couple million. And that means I got to spend more time. And that's just ridiculous. That's just, it's just a waste. Right. And I always question that when, uh, you know, I see on social media, somebody posts that, yeah, I made multiple six figures last year. And it's like, yeah, but in your business, but how much was actual profit? Your business made mm-hmm. that much, but how much did you actually make? And that that's always been my question. And I so I don't really care for the bragging stuff on uh, social media because I always have that question. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's great, but how much was in your pocket? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like, so, I bring home I bring home way more than people that make millions, and I love it. <laughs> I don't have to work as hard. It's it's sweet. It's awesome. Well, and it's great that you were able to do that and come to that. I know uh, when I went through my divorce, it was a huge. I had my huge wake up calls, but I was uh, I left a job, went through a divorce, and um, started a new business all in the same year, and uh, it was it was pretty stressful. And I lost my website, so my whole identity disappeared. <laughs> um, so it was hacked, and I had to take it all down and start all over again. So there's always wow. these great lessons in these super hard experiences that we go through, yet those are those breakthrough moments if we're conscious to that opportunity to see it as a breakthrough rather than just a breakdown. So I love your story. That's so great. So yeah. we we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening. How can they create multiple streams of income like you have? What are some tips you can share with them? first tip is build them one at a time. You know, to, you don't have to like build them all at once. You know, like I've, I've spent the last, you know, several years, you know, adding in multiple income streams. And, and I think the first place you should look is within your own business. I mean, that's sometimes the easiest place to look. Um, you know, with, with mine, like I, I it was kind of interesting because I, I somebody on one of our mutual friends on Facebook had posted and said, Hey, how many streams of income do you have? And I thought, that's a great question. And so I went through and I counted. And I, I kind of counted mentally. I didn't actually, like, write them all out. Um, there could be more. But I, I, I replied, and I was kind of shocked. I said, I've got 11, but number 12 took a break. But number 12 will be back in the fall. <laughs> so I've got, like, <laughs> 11 or 12 different streams of income. Um, and, and most of those are actually through my business. Like, they're different business streams. So like, for example, um, about half of those for me personally are those affiliate type of relationships, like referral relationships, right, where these are people that – and when I do referral relationships, like I, I th- I'm a huge stickler on doing it because it's the right thing, not because you're just trying to make money. Because to me, that's just not worth sacrificing my integrity or my, my reputation. And so uh, just like I did with the mortgages, it's like people needed a mortgage. They needed a good quality person. I would send them on to that guy. Now, I'm not mortgage licensed anymore, so that's one income stream I can't do, right? But um, but there's others. I mean, there's still other businesses that you can you can do. I mean, you can utilize different things you're doing. If you're doing webinars or you're doing podcasts or you're doing speaking engagements or whatever it might be, it, half the challenge of having affiliate relationships is just asking, just saying, hey, do you have one? And, and I'll tell you, if you're a business owner, you're crazy not to say yes to that question of like, yes, I, I pay for referrals. 
I mean, unless you're like attorneys or, you know, certain people where they can't legally compensate you, right? Like there are some uh, industries they can't do that. But for the most part, I know you probably agree with me on that. You have no problem paying for referrals, right? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Someone else is out doing the marketing for you and uh, mm-hmm. talking you up and stuff. That's that's worth it for me to pay a referral fee for that. You bet. Absolutely. And it's always case by case. Everybody pays differently, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I mean, I was I, I was I remembered actually I did one that was just a, a simple email. I was on their podcast. It was like a summit that we did, and I don't usually like doing summits. I'm pretty picky with those. But I did that, and then. You know, did a, a email or two about it, and uh, half time was really just trying to promote my own thing, my own segment. But I was like, hey, there's other cool stuff here too. And next thing I know, there's checks coming in. I was like, oh, I had actually forgotten about it. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool, there's some checks, sweet, you know. And I've set up with other businesses too, where like it makes sense. And usually, I'm already sending referrals to them by that point, so they already know, hey, yeah, we'll pay you for referrals because we like your referrals. I'm like, cool. Well, here we go. And so about half of mine are referrals. Um, there's others like, you know, like I, I do like a continuity type thing, you know, for clients where it's like, hey, I have a lifetime support, like a monthly membership that clients can keep paying to have access to me. And sometimes they use it, sometimes they don't. But uh, that's always a nice income stream coming in. So continuity type of stuff is great. Um, you know, other things, if you have products like online products is another great way to create sources of income, you know. Um, it's always nice. I mean, I love – I think today is even better than ever for online products because I love I, – I remember – and, and you, I know you've been around the block like I have, right, where, I mean, you used to produce CDs or DVDs, right? And, uh, exactly. You have to pay some pay some media company to do it. I remember I had a six-disc CD set, and I had it down to a T. Like, I knew it cost me $11.30 or no, $11.40 per uh, six-disc set that I had produced. And then I'd sell it for like 100 bucks, which still a great profit. So even if I discount it, say, hey, it's going for 50, I still made a profit on those, right? But nowadays, nobody wants those anymore. I still have CDs sitting in my closet. I'm packing up in our move. You know, like, <laughs> like very few people ever want the CDs. I have to hand them out to my clients and say, hey, here's something you probably don't have. Here you go. And uh, get them off my hands so I can, uh, you know, I can have less boxes in my office closet, you know. But, I mean, right now it's all digital. Which digital cost me nothing. I'm like, cool. Here's the here's the MP3 or the MP4 files, you know, or whatever it might be, or it's like accessible through a website. It's like, here you go, done. And uh, that costs nothing. Exactly. So it's like an inf- infinite rate of return. It's pure profit when you have that kind of thing. So um, I think online products is another great income stream to have. You know, that that definitely helps. Um, Absolutely. And then I think that the other part, like then going outside of your business, is I definitely agree that you need to have multiple streams of income outside of your business too. And this one's very important. And uh, and a lot of people I've been working with lately, this has been a big thing. Especially if they're like in network marketing and things like that where – see, network marketing is great because you get the residual income streams. And, and that could be additional income stream depending on what kind of business you're in. It could be great for you. Um, and for some of you, that is your income stream. That's your active as well as your residual income stream. But I'll tell you from even the people that have, quote, unquote, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year coming in residual income, they're not free. They're not free at all. Like the way to create freedom is to have multiple streams, especially outside of your business. And so like in my life, I've got like real estate properties. Like I got investment real estate and I have it managed. So I don't have to be the one, you know, changing toilet paper and stuff like that, right? Like I don't deal with that stuff. 
you know, I actually have property managers that do that for me, and then I collect the rent checks, which I love. Plus, I get some great tax benefits. You know, so there's things like that. There's, you know, like oil and gas. I have people doing sometimes to reduce their taxes, and, and you can make income streams off that too. And I have other things that pay me monthly, you know, like different types of funds or investments that will pay me monthly as well. And so there's I, – I, so the thing I love is that I can create income streams in those areas too so that's really – I mean, when I look at it, I, I don't have to coach at all. I don't have to do anything with an active income stream. I could just seriously sit around and do my podcast, um, and that's awesome too. By the way, sponsorships can be great too if you have like a YouTube channel or something. Um, there's possibility of like advertising or sponsorships or marketing you can do too that can pay you as well. So there's so many ways to make money. There's so many cool things you can do. Um, but the thing is, look in your business first, and then also look outside your business to get your money, making money for you, so you don't have to keep looking for money. Absolutely. And uh, oh, I had a thought come to me, and it came, and it went really quick. <laughs> oh. So we're just going to move on to what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs who are listening? What's a piece of advice that you can leave them with? I think the best piece of advice really is, I mean, outside of it, yes, you need income streams, which is great. Um, but to kind of go along with that, and the income streams can help with this, but it's, it's just to relax. Just chill. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, I've realized that even with my own sales conversations with people that come to me, I mean, one, I'm very intentional about who I'm focusing towards. And, and so I'd say this, I guess this would be a, a sub-advice of that advice, is to relax. First is, is know who you're talking to. If you want to reduce your hours that you're working, like know your market. Like know who your ideal client is. Like find that top 4%. I mean, at least start with the top 20, right? Start with at least the top 10 to 20% of your clients and who you want to focus on, who are your best people, the people you just get a joy out of working with. And, and find those people and focus on them and talk to them. So like even even right now, even in this this very episode, like as we're talking right now, I already subconsciously and even consciously in the forefront of my mind know who I'm talking to. Like I know who I'm trying to attract. Like there are certain people. In fact, if somebody ever felt called, it's because I'm talking to you. <laughs> and in that, I know you've done the same thing where like if you know exactly the people you're talking to, you know what they're thinking about and you're in their head and you're speaking the words that sometimes they don't even know how to put words to. They'll tell you, like, wow, it's like you're talking to me. In fact, you're saying the very things I felt like I couldn't even express myself. You know, if you get to that level of knowing your ideal client or your ideal customer, oh, my goodness, like, there is no stopping you. Like, you will find those people will just reach out to you, and you won't even have to sell them. And, and that's kind of, like, my secret is, like, I, I just relax. I, I, I focus on teaching and delivering value, focus on the people that I want to deliver value to, and then I just relax. I don't stress about, you know, how am I going to pay the bills or whatever like that? I mean, granted, you could say, well, yeah, Chris, because good job with your 11, 12 streams of income. Yeah, we we get it. <laughs> but but it hasn't always been that way for me. you got to understand, like, I've, I've been through probably worse financial times than you've been through, you know, or for, you know, speaking to you guys in general. And so uh, for that very reason, like, yeah, I know what it's like. Like, and I still had to relax. I still had to, like, really focus on just delivering the value being intentional about who I'm talking to, and then just relax and trust that the right people will come at exactly the right time. And when I've done that, it always happens that way. It's just like breathing air. Like I don't, if I don't stress about breathing air, I seem to breathe just fine. And money and business is no different. Like if you just stop stressing so much and stop getting so worried about 
building funnels and and you know and having your website be perfect and and you know and trying to make everything just right you know and and trying to trying to work so hard to, to just kick your butt basically you know it it just you'll actually probably create opposite effects you'll probably end up driving people away from you rather than to you because you're so desperate when you're desperate that's when people don't want to pay you funny thing is when I have when money's coming in and you probably notice this too in your life when money's coming in really well it's funny how people in business keep showing up too like they want to keep paying you don't they exactly exactly there there's something about the energy that you put out when you're when you're in panic mode about money when you're stressing about mm-hmm. money that even though you feel like you're talking the same way you're giving the same value there's an energy that goes out there that people sense uh and i i know that trust is huge with me when i find myself going into like a uh financial lack mindset i just have to breathe and go okay just trust that the right people are going to show up and quit worrying mm-hmm. about it because when you worry about it you drive yourself crazy you sound desperate and whether you think you do or not and you ju- you just got to trust that you know you put the value out there you put the intention out to the universe what you're looking for and uh you know who you want to attract to your business or so just trust that those people are mm-hmm. going to show up and yep, it works. Gotta, gotta be, it works like a charm it does it does you got to be got to be beware of business breath as i call it you know, business breath is like the people you meet at networking events where they're throwing cards at you like Chinese stars. They're slicing you up. You're like, and they're like, hey, call me. You know, hey, if you ever need this, it's it's like, you know, like when people are running for, you know, political office. I had somebody come up to me the other day and they're like, oh, where do you live? And I told them what city. She's like, oh, well, you're not my constituent. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, she she literally just left me standing and, and, and admitted it. Like, she's just like, okay, well, I'm not talking to you next. <laughs> it's like jerk you know and that's kind of what people do in business it's like they're just throwing out cards hoping that anything works and they're like hey you gotta buy now you gotta do it now and and that sense of desperation you know people might think like hey, that's a sense of like you know being on fire it's like no you're you're desperate and people feel icky when you do that whether they consciously know it or not they subconsciously pick up on your vibes and you will drive business away you will have to work harder to even get numbers to work because you're driving business away and you're just trying to chase after them like like a you know cheetah going after a gazelle, or rather just like let them come to the water and then you just get them there. You know, like you know, just make it easy on yourself. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Chris, where can our listeners learn more about you and your company? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, there's my website moneyripples.com, and especially if you ever there's a great free ebook on there called Beyond Rice and Beans that you can check out. It's got some of the the best ways that my clients have freed up on average about $35,000 a year. So great, great resource there. Uh, and then, of course, there's my podcast, The Chris Miles Money Show, which you can find on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast app is. And you definitely check that out as well. There's lots of great episodes there, lots of tips for anything from business to personal development to money stuff and how to create those streams of income. Exactly. There's a great episode on there with me speaking. <laughs> That's right. That was a great one on business we did. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Chris, it's been great having you on the Badass in Business show. Chris's links will be in the podcast notes, so look for those. And remember to share the podcast with other badass business owners. You can check out my new website at badassinbusinessacademy.com, and you can also find me at annettepiper.com. 
Remember to spell Piper, P-I-E, just like the yummy dessert. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Go out and have a badass day. Namaste. Namaste.